Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. So you're seeing a 55-year-old male who's desperately trying to lose weight. He exercises constantly and works very, very hard at analyzing his diet. When I take a dietary recall on him, it turns out that he chose to have a salad and a diet cola at lunch so that he could have a cookie afterwards. Are diet sodas safe? There seems to be some new data we should discuss. Joining me on the program today is Jill Terrian, Director of the Nurse Practitioner Program at the Graduate School of Nursing at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you, Frank. So, Frank, very interesting case, and I think that people like their diet sodas, and they think that it's of tremendous benefit for them because it's replacing something higher calorie. Can you tell us a little bit about what you found in this study? So, uh, the Framingham Heart Study, the study that helped us identify back in the 70s and 80s what were the cardiac risk factors, uh, that data was used uh, to query about the role of consuming artificial sweeteners and its outcomes, especially its neurological outcomes. This study looked at adults over the age of 45 and looked at what risk factors were in, would increase the risk of stroke and of dementia, two things that we worry about often, especially as we're getting better at preventing heart disease and we're addressing cancers more effectively. So what the initial data found and what was reported in the news was that artificial sweeteners correlated with stroke and dementia. And when the authors drilled down on the data, um, that was uh, what was found was that after you adjusted the data for the presence of diabetes and hypertension, the use of artificial sweeteners um, increased the risk of ischemic stroke. So I think this is, while it's an observational study, it's a huge study, and it's been very well done and very well verified as, as being accurate, I think we have pretty good sense that artificial sweeteners have some adverse effects. And I think one we can tell patients most conclusively is that it increases the risk of stroke. So Frank, that is really interesting, and you think about how things have evolved, especially since the 90s when we talk about fat and we talk about, you know, artificial sweeteners, and how do you, um, how do you quantify that for people? So you have your patient in your case, which maybe you'll tell me more about him or her. Was it him? Maybe you'll tell me more about him. What kind of recommendations would you make? Is all artificial sweeteners to be cut out of a diet totally? or is there some sort of modification and recommendation? Well, Jill, I think we now have a, a growing body of data on artificial sweeteners, and they're not all the same. Some have been highly manufactured and one is considered natural. But what we do know is that artificial sweeteners of any sort have some danger. We, this study tells us it increases the risk of stroke, but there's been preceding data that shows it increases the risk of diabetes, in particular type 2 diabetes and hypertension. I find that very ironic because people tend to use them 
specifically to prevent the onset of type 2 diabetes. So I think we can say for folks who are trying to watch their weight and prevent some of the adverse outcomes associated with obesity, use of artificial sweeteners does not help. Now, why is that? Well, it turns out that artificial sweeteners have a very unusual physiological uh, action on the body. They increase insulin release, and in, most importantly, they increase our cravings for calorie-dense, often highly sweetened foods. So drinking an artificially sweetened drink without consuming other foods is more likely to alter how your body uses the calories you've already consumed, and more often than not, store more than burn. And so it actually contributes to obesity. So I think the very first thing is to say to patients, look, artificial sweeteners, they have a number of adverse outcomes. And while they're not going to affect everyone, everyone who drinks a diet drink is not going to have a stroke, but most importantly is that everyone that uses them has a higher risk of having things that they may be trying to avoid. So Frank, is there an alternative to the artificial sweetener? Is it going back to sugar? Believe it or not, it is. So a teaspoon of sugar has 15 calories, has four grams of carbohydrate. And we think of, wow, we can't add sugar, so we have to use the artificial sweetener. It just doesn't work that way. It, doing so, uh, avoiding the sugar can be worse. So if you were to take um, an average cola and pull out all the grams of carbohydrate, the average 12 ounce, the average eight ounce glass, so not even a full can of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a diet, of, of a regular drink has eight, seven to eight teaspoons of sugar. Now that's incredibly calorie dense and it's all carbohydrate. So my suggestion is if you want an iced tea, don't buy a sweetened iced tea. Buy an unsweetened iced tea, add a teaspoon of sugar. It'll add some sweetener. It probably will quench your, your, your thirst and it's probably not going to harm you. And, and I mentioned uh, a cola, but that's, that's across the board. A glass of fresh pressed, I mean, here we are in New England, a glass of fresh pressed apple cider contains the same amount of calories as a glass of 100% organic natural orange juice as the same amount of calories and the same number of grams of carbohydrate as a can of cola. So using those options, not reasonable. They're, they're just very high calorie dense. They're also gonna contribute to obesity. On the flip side, drink water, drink seltzer, take an ounce of orange juice and throw it in a glass of seltzer, you're going to get 15 calories and you're going to have your thirst quenched and it's going to be far better for you than anything you're going to try to use as a substitute. That's excellent, Frank. Excellent advice for patients. You did mention that one of the artificial sweeteners is natural. What does that mean? Well, it, it comes from a plant and it's, it's, it's not processed, it's not manufactured in an industrial site. Um, that's all it means. It all continues to influence your pancreas and the secretion of insulin in the same way as the other artificial sweeteners may. We don't have as much data on it as it's a relatively new product. So if you want to use something that's an artificial sweetener, if you want something sweeter than a teaspoon of sugar, it's probably the best option of the artificial sweeteners, but I urge all my patients that if you're going to use something like that natural artificial sweetener, use it with other foods because if you use it alone, 
you're tricking your body and your body always wins. It's going to store the calories you've already consumed instead of burn them and you're just going to gain weight. Thank you, Frank. This has been a really great tie-in of, you know, the stroke related to the all-cause mortality in the Framingham study, a, a fascinating piece of, of data. Practice pointer, using artificial sweeteners increases the risk of stroke, diabetes, hypertension, and provides no benefit for weight loss. Consider using a teaspoon of sugar and drink more water. Jill, thanks so much for joining me today to discuss this topic. Thank you, Frank. Join us next time when we discuss managing the new patient on chronic opioids. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the Resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. We want to keep making this podcast better with every episode, so we need your feedback. Tell us what you think by submitting your feedback via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or log into PrimeMed.com and submit your feedback at the bottom of the episode landing page. Thank you again for listening.